I just flew in from Sacramento, and boy are my arms tired. Today is going to be a bit of a different episode. Because I'm exhausted, I'm tired, and I have no prep work done. Instead, we're going to look at a couple of conspiracy theories that I kind of believe. I'm not married to any of them, but these are things that may be true. We're going to look at these and more on the Hot Take episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, starting now. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I'm flat out exhausted. I just flew back in from Sacramento. My vacation is over, and I'm back at home with my regular microphone, my regular setup, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna do something different. We're just gonna do a hot take episode. We're gonna do... I don't actually really even know what that term means. I just see it on the internet. I see cool kids using it, and I want to be cool, too. We're gonna go over a couple of my I, I don't want to call them my personal conspiracies because not some of them I actually do believe in and some of them I think may be possible but we'll get into it we'll get into it here I but I did have a great vacation I'm gonna get back to responding to all the YouTube comments and stuff like that you guys have been great while I, I know the the schedule was kind of uh, wonky the past couple weeks but I appreciate that you guys are sticking around but let's go ahead and get started here now I don't talk about politics on this show it's one of the rules of Dead Rabbit Radio no politics and Never, ever fall in love. Two main rules of Dead Rabbit Radio. But, but, if you don't want to hear anything about politics, skip ahead maybe 10 minutes. But, before you do, before you do, let me tell you my first, (laughs) before you jump ahead, you're like, great, he's going to talk about income inequality. Before I get into, before you jump ahead, give me a second. Conspiracy theory number one. Marianne Williamson is a witch. Now, yeah, see, I got your attention. Now, this one... So, I know I've done a couple episodes about how I'm not a huge fan of Wiccans. I think it's... Uh, the ep- <laughs> okay, that's, that's not being fair. That's you're kind of watering it down. The episode I did was, um, why, are, <laughs> why are Wiccans always fat? Was the episode. I'm not, I, I can't pussyfoot around, <laughs> around the actual episode. Hey, welcome new listeners, by the way. Welcome new listeners to the show, Dead Rabbit Radio. So anyways, but, so obviously Mary, Marianne Williamson is a fairly attractive, thin woman. So you're like, Jason, if you went on and on for a half hour about why is it that there's a combination or a correlation between overweight people and the Wiccan religion, but here Marianne Williamson is 120, I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't, I'm not her stalker. I'm, I'm all looking through her bushes at her scale. Um, I think she's a witch. And, and so this is the reason why. Well, I don't actually have any proof, but one, she does talk a lot about, like, mysticism and magical powers, and she talks a lot about, like, mysticism and, like, positive thinking, which, you know, I'm fine with, definitely I'm a fan of positive thinking. She talks about Trump bringing a, quote, dark psychic force into the world, and it's almost to her, it's not a battle of policies, it's a battle of, like, energies, you're know, like, Jason, that doesn't make you a witch, huh? Well, hold on, hold on. I also have a, like, <clears throat> when you deal with, I've met, like, witches in real life. Not Wiccans, but, like, witches. And when you meet people, you start to, think about it this way. How many times do you have to get mugged before you're able to, pretty you're, before you're pretty good at spotting a mugger from, like, 100 yards away? You're walking down the street, well, you, you get the example. So I think that is 
where I'm coming from. I've dealt with real witches in the past. So when I see someone, I go, that's a witch. Like, <laughs> burn her. No, no, I'm not saying burn. I'm not, I'm not, not saying that at all. But you know what I mean? Like, you see, you, you, you pick up on it. You go, that's a witch. That, that's totally a witch. And she gives off that witch energy. And I'm not even using that as a pejorative. I'm just saying that I think she <laughs> casts, I think she's capable of casting spells. Again, not Wiccan, which is different. I think she might be an actual witch. I also think she probably... <laughs> Here's the thing. People always go, who am I voting for? I go, who's the funniest candidate? Who's the candidate that if they won would provide me with the most laughs? So, <laughs> I mean, dude, I would love to have a president who believed that crystals healed people. That would be hilarious. It probably wouldn't be so good for healthcare in the nation, but wouldn't that be awesome to have a president who's like, like praying to the moon? So, yeah, I think she's a witch. I don't have any proof of it. I think as the campaign goes on, I think she's going to be one of the long holdouts of the Democratic Party because I think her passion is so into it and she has magical powers that she can hang on longer. I predict she'll be in the top six. Like when it narrows down to six people... Maybe seven people she'll be in there. So Marianne Williamson is a witch. I guess I should explain for people who don't know, Marianne Williamson is a Democratic nominee for president. I probably should have said that seven minutes ago. Marianne Williamson is a witch. That's conspiracy theory number one. So yes, yes, that is about as political as we get on Dead Rabbit Radio. Marianne Williamson is a witch, has witch powers. I'm sure she's also probably the only presidential candidate that's ever used a yawning egg. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to my next hot take conspiracy <laughs> bear with me here here's one here's one this one i think is fairly fairly true and i think a lot of people agree with the base of it but i'm pushing it a little bit farther fast food restaurants their food is designed to make you fat and i think people go well of course you know like they have all these ingredients that, you know they're big fat burgers big macs i'm taking it a step further than that I think fast food restaurants in particular use a model basically patterned after drug dealers. Because here's the thing. Before Subway, before Subway existed, did you ever think, you know what I really need right now? A foot of bread and meat in me. Like, before Subway existed, you went to, unless you specifically went to a sub shop, you would order a sandwich or you would make a sandwich at home Maybe you'd have a hoagie if you were feeling particularly ethnic that day. But Subway, and I know the conspiracy theory, and maybe you don't know the conspiracy theory, but um, foot-long subs are not actually a foot long. They're like 11 inches. And I remember there was a big like controversy about it years ago, and I'm like, who cares? Like That's probably one of the dumbest things to get riled up about, that you're getting one inch less of food. Anyways, anyways I think that fast food restaurants use... The same model, basically, that drug dealers use. You get them hooked on the supply, and you get them hooked on the supply by making the portions not just full of fat and sugars, but bigger. Because then what happens is you go to... You know if you go to McDonald's, you're going to get not as good-tasting food, but it's going to satisfy you on a primal level more than going to a sit-down restaurant. Like, you can go to McDonald's, and for the same amount of money that you can go to a sit-down restaurant, you can pretty much buy a double the food or one and a half times the food. And <laughs> you eat it, 
And it makes you, like, it releases all these endorphins because it's full of sugars and fats. It's designed to basically make you addicted to it. And the portions are larger. You will, you can, if you go, let's say you go to a restaurant and you order a burger and fries. They really don't give you a lot of fries. You get a burger, you get a nice, juicy, delicious burger. Trillium, great burgers here in Hood River. But you never get a lot of fries. When you go to McDonald's or Burger King or something, you can basically get as many fries as you want. I want a large fry, I want a supersized fry, whatever. Same thing, Subway, Domino's. I was looking at ordering Domino's when I got home. They have that package where it's, a pe- like, you can basically get any two items for $5.99 each. So you can order, like, two pizzas for $5.99 each. The thing, or, like, two sandwiches or a sandwich and a pizza or whatever. The thing is, you have to order two. And I'll argue that Domino's knows that most of the people who order Domino's live by themselves. So basically you're saying, eat two pizzas. You individual person who just flew in from Sacramento, you can't order less than two pizzas. We're not going to allow that. If you want this, well, they do allow it. You just have to pay more. But if you want this deal, you have to order two pizzas. And I think the logic is, <laughs> the, the logic that I'm assigning them is, if they order two pizzas, they'll eat two pizzas. And then they'll want, then nothing less than two pizzas will satisfy them. It's a dr- It's basically the same thing as drugs. Okay, I'm realizing that I may not be communicating that logic as much as I, but I think that fast food restaurants use the same business model as drug dealers. They're everywhere. Their food is made to be addictive. And they give you such outrageous portions that when you think about going somewhere else, I realize that maybe I'm sure I, maybe this might just be a Jason thing. Because I think most people, if they want like a delicious, I don't cook myself. I hope nobody cooks themselves, but I don't cook for myself that often. Anyways, I guess that kind of... <laughs> Okay, people are like, no, Jason, you're just fat, and you need to go back on keto, and I do need to go back on keto. Okay, on to the... Do you guys... I don't... You guys get that, right? Fast food restaurants are designed to basically be like drug dealers, get you addicted to their food, get you coming back, all their special sauce and all that stuff. I think it's suspicious. Okay. <laughs> okay, so remaining listeners, thank you. Thank you for sticking around with this. Here, we're moving on to our next one. I think Beyonce is a scam. I think... <laughs> I think Beyonce is not... I think she's a real person. I'm not saying she's a hologram. I'm not going to go so far to say that she's some sort of tax write-off. But I don't think she is as big as people say she is. I think she is propped up by a huge marketing machine and a record label. And her albums aren't as big as they actually are. And you go, Jason, that's easy to prove or disprove because you can look at album sales numbers. But here's the thing. There's always... We see the same thing with movie tickets to a certain point, but with book... with Specifically, this happens a lot with book publishers. A book will come out, and a book publisher will buy back tons of their own books so they can boost their sales up. What they do is they're basically pre-orders or gifts and stuff like that. YouTube had an album that they gave away with like either a newspaper or an iPod or something like that. That counted towards it. Nowadays, when you buy a ticket to a tour, I know Madonna did this a tour ago, you buy a ticket for her tour, tour, you got a free copy of her album, that counted as an album sale. There's a lot of ways to artificially boost your sales. And I think Beyonce, I think that's all she does, basically. There was a huge scandal a couple years ago. Jay-Z 
bought Tidal, which was a music streaming site out of uh, Sweden or Norway. And it turns out that Kanye West came out with his new album, The Life of Pablo, and Beyonce came out with her new album. I think it was called Lemonade or something like that. And they showed that her album had been uh, streamed 320 million times. And Kanye West's album had been streamed like uh, 300 million times. And someone started digging through the numbers and they looked and they said, everyone who subscribed to Tidal would have to listen to Beyonce's album for eight days straight to get to 300 million downloads in the period of time that it was. When they looked at the numbers, they actually only got 170 million downloads. Beyonce's album only got 170 million downloads. Kanye West's album only got 150 million downloads. So they were doubled. And they showed how all the numbers were rigged. And basically there was duplicate plays going on. Someone would listen to the album. And then behind the scenes it would play again. So Kanye West and Beyonce got huge payouts from Tidal. When actually their albums were only heard half as many times. I think... I think that she isn't the huge selling superstar that people make her out to be. I think she sells albums, and I think people really, really uh, like her, but I don't think they listen to her music. I don't think they listen to her music, and I don't think it is as... Here's the thing, like, when's the last... And this could just be because I live up in Hood River, but when's the last time you heard a Beyonce song on the radio that wasn't Crazy in Love, or Destiny's Child song? Like, when's the last time Beyonce has had a crossover hit that would make her sell millions of albums? The only Beyonce song I ever hear on the radio is, what was that one song where she's like, oh, you're so beautiful, you're just a girl, or like, if girls run the world, or something like that. That, and Crazy in Love, and then Destiny's Child stuff. You're saying, Jason, you're just an old man, you don't listen to the right radio stations, maybe. But I don't think she is as popular as... I think she's an icon. I don't. I personally am not a fan of hers, but I think like people know who she is, and it's cool to like Queen B. But I, it would be interesting to see how many people watched her Netflix special. It'd be interesting to see how many people actually buy and listen to her albums. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I love Queen B. She's so cool," but they don't name name a couple songs. Uh, Crazy in Love, Lemonade. Like, it's not. She doesn't have songs that are are. That you can just kick back to and listen. I don't know. Again, maybe I'm just an old man. But that's one of my conspiracy theories. Beyonce is a scam. Beyonce is... there's I, Again, I won't go so far to say she's some sort of tax write-off or some sort of malicious scam. I just think Jay-Z has a hot girlfriend and he wants to keep her happy. So he lets her record albums. Oh, um, Single Ladies, that was a big hit. But see, all those are like older songs. Single Ladies was a big hit. And then she had um, one or two other ones. She kind of had this thing in the beginning after she left Destiny's Child when she first got with Jay-Z. She had these hits. And now I think it's just this billionaire husband lets his wife pick songs out of a... uh, Basically meet up with songwriters and buy songs for her. And then she goes in the studio, sings them, and goes on tour so he can... I love Jay-Z, by the way. I'm not (laughs) trying to throw him under the bus, but... You know, yeah, yeah, honey, yeah, you're perfect. Everyone loves your albums, Queen B, Queen B. Why don't you go so I can, you know, you know, go go sleep with Becky over here. So that's uh, I love you, Jay Z, but don't cheat on your wife, dude. Tacky. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, that's not a conspiracy theory. I'm pr- actually pretty sure Jay Z did, did cheat on his wife. I think that's kind of public record. But anyway, so 
Here's an interesting... I want to go back to the fast food thing for a second. You remember that documentary, Super Size Me? I, I remember when that came out. So, uh, before I go on. There's a documentary called Super Size Me where a guy's like, I'm going to eat nothing but McDonald's for 30 days to show how disgusting the food... And the food isn't good for you, but... He goes, and if they ask me to supersize it, I will supersize it. And so, he, for 30 days, he videotapes himself, Morgan Spurlock, walking into McDonald's. And he's by, by the end of the 30 days, he's like, oh, I'm so sick. And the doctor's like, oh my god, you're totally gonna die. And then McDonald's stops supersizing their stuff because of the publicity for this. The publicity, bad publicity from the movie. And Morgan Spurlock was kind of held up as like, whoa, dude, he's like a new Michael Moore. He's going out, but he's eating stuff. And he's showing how bad fast food is for you. Okay. Uh, when the Me Too movement was first starting off, Morgan Spurlock got uh, pulled into it because he was being inappropriate with some female assistant or something like that. And at that time, he came out and he said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I have an alcohol problem. I've had an alcoholism for years and years and years. I drink every day. So, sorry. Now, I'm not making fun. I kind of chuckled there. I'm not making fun of people with alcoholism. Part of the concept of Super Size Me was that he ate and drank nothing except for stuff that he got at McDonald's. And he had just admitted in writing that he was an alcoholic during the time they were shooting Super Size Me. And I remember reading an article and they said, uh, McDonald's can sue him now because that was the whole, he's not feeling well because he's just eating nothing but McDonald's. But if he was suffering from alcoholism, that will also make your belly be all bloated and make a doctor go, oh my God, you might die soon. And I remember seeing that, I remember reading something too that McDonald's in the insiders were saying that McDonald's might try to sue Morgan Spurlock, but they just let it go. As far as I know, as far as I know, they just kind of let it go because they could have, they could have taken him to court and said, you committed fraud. You told everyone you ate nothing but our product for a month and you got sick. It turns out you were actually drinking four Bloody Marys every morning as well. So you lied. That's the reason why you, your health was so bad. Okay, and so next one here, I have the just a couple. <laughs> I had to write these down because even though I'm not prepared enough to do a normal episode, I had to prepare for something at least. Let's see. Uh, Marianne Williamson is a witch. Okay, I did that one. Here's the you know we'll end it on this one, assuming I can keep a a, a linear path in my thoughts. We'll end it on this one. This is one that is kind of weird. <laughs> assuming, I mean that's. That's assuming the other ones were normal to you. It's going to take us a couple steps to get there. So, I don't know what happens to you after you die. Shock. I know. Everyone thought I had all the answers. But I don't know what happens to you after you die. I believe something. I don't believe you just disappear. I don't believe you just go into the void. But people ask me, hey, do you believe in reincarnation? I go, I don't know. I don't know. That's the exact tone I take with them, too. I go, I don't know. I actually have a friend of mine who thinks that her son, like, her son will often mention stuff about being, like, in an old war. She's like, really? She goes, I think he might have been reincarnated. I don't know. But do I believe in reincarnation? I don't know. I don't know. I think reincarnation is an interesting thought because I like the physical planet Earth. I like the physical things around us. So the idea of going into some sort of, like, spiritual ether or going into a realm not of this earth that actually terrifies me more than like dying like the idea of dying doesn't necessarily scare me the idea of moving past the physical realm into a brand new spiritual journey that's what scares me like because i like touching stuff and i like seeing stuff and hearing stuff and tasting stuff 
Those are all based on physical things that are receptors in our body. I don't think that a little ghost shaped, a little ghost in the shape of Jason is going to float up into the sky and then be walking on streets. I don't think that, that just doesn't make any sense. So, the idea, I remember I was watching Twin Peaks when I went down to Sacramento. My brother hadn't seen the last three episodes of Twin Peaks The Return, so I went down there and we watched them. And all the stuff with like the giant floating head and the teapot with David Bowie in it. I'm thinking, what if this is what happens when you die? It's just this weird black and white artistic world. And it's just like... And then David Bowie talks to you. Like, that would not... That is not where I want to go. That would be super unsettling. Killer Bob's floating around in a ball. No. So the idea of reincarnation is very intriguing to me. It's very peaceful to me. And I will say this. Let me do one more little hot take. Again, I don't know what that means. The I think reincarnation may actually be the way you explain to a caveman quantum reality. Or quantum immortality. Where if you die, you just shift into another universe and you don't know you've died. You continue on with your life. Because you can't experience a world that you can't experience, so you're basically create a, you move into a world where you can't experience it. So, if you had like shamans or yogis or whatever back in the day experimenting with these vision quests and they stumbling upon the idea of reincarnation, they might have actually just been realized seeing through the veil and seeing that there's a reality next to us and when you die, you enter that reality and they can't really explain that so they go, ah, you become a dog. Like, you can't explain to a caveman the way that quantum reality works. So you go, oh yeah, if you die, you just become a stick. You become a log. I'm like, that's kind of lame. Well, you should have been better. If you're a really good log, you'll end up becoming a cricket. Okay, I can be a good cricket. And you go on. And it could just be a way of looking at what may actually be true is that when you die, you shift to a universe where you haven't died. And you have no idea that you died. You know, it's just a quick... Whoa, man, that was close. I almost got hit by that car. When in the reality you came from, you actually did get killed instantly when you get hit by the car. I don't really even know if I believe in quantum immortality because it it raises a lot of questions like, what if you're horribly injured? Are you horribly injured for the rest of time? Because you just keep shifting into another reality where you did not succumb to your wounds, but you're like, all busted up. If you're 99 years old and you die in bed, do you switch into another reality where you're 99 years old, dying in bed, and then... You switch into another reality where you're 99 years old, dying in bed. And every second you die and go to another reality where you just have one more second to live. That sounds hellish. So the idea of quantum immortality, it, it's kind of a weird one. And I don't know how true it is. But let's go back to my <laughs> let's go back to my main thing, which is reincarnation. Don't worry, this is going somewhere. As opposed to every other segment on this episode. Reincarnation. The idea that when you die, you are reborn into another body. Most likely human. Sometimes you might become a cricket or a stick or something like that. But you die and then you become a human baby. And you live your life out again. And you have your karmic mission. You live a good life. You become... You get reborn. And you do that so many times you basically fulfill your soul quest. Or you achieve enlightenment or whatever. You have to live through a thousand lifetimes or a million lifetimes. And if you keep making the same mistakes in each lifetime... The journey is when you die, you start back over as a baby. But if each time you kind of are more enlightened, you're a better person in each incarnation, eventually you will ascend out of the physical realm. I think, so let's assume that's true. 
Because again, I don't know. Again, this very comforting thought to me. If that's true, I don't. I think that this is one of my first incarnations, maybe second or something like that. I'm not an old soul. I'm not. I don't. I, if that's true, I believe this would be one of my first times on Earth. Because everything is, I'm 42 years old, but everything always seems so new and fascinating to me. And I'm clumsy. Kind of clumsy. Not super clumsy. I used to be really clumsy as a kid. So you're like, Jason, just tell me what your conspiracy theory is. What does any of this have to do? Here it is. People who are reincarnated just in the beginning. So first, maybe first couple times that they've been a baby and then died and came back as another baby. They're still getting used to their physical bodies. They're still Their souls are still getting used to being able to walk around the planet. But people who have lived hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes before, live a life, grow old, die, live a life, grow old, die, live a life, grow old, die, over and over and over again, they become so much more comfortable in their bodies. They know how bodies work intrinsically, but they don't understand why. But they've lived so many lifetimes that they're basically, if you're an RPG character, they've leveled up their physical attributes over and over and over again. While people who are not, who have not been reincarnated a lot of times, who are new to the game, they're still kind of clumsy. They have two left feet. They bump into stuff, scratch their knees, because they're still getting used. They don't have the expert control of their bodies over the master class people. Here's my conspiracy theory. Here's what I'm getting at. Dancers, like really, really good dancers, are people who have lived millions of years. Uh, Sometimes I'll just watch dance videos on YouTube. I'm fascinated by great dancing. I think it's amazing. It's a skill I don't have. And I think that I will see kids, I will see these young men and women pull off moves that I would have thought were impossible. That the human body should not be able to move that way. But I think it's only that's because I'm new to this I'm new to this planet. My body is still I'm still getting used to how fingers curl and how you can move your legs. I'm basically on the cosmic scale, I'm in a baby body. Or I'm an adult body, but I have baby coordination. Where you could have a 19-year-old kid who's actually been living and dying since the days of the Romans. Who know, like, intrinsically knows what the body's capable of, how it can move, how fast it can move, which way it can bend. And they are just naturally born gifted dancers. They're so comfortable with the human form that they can just glide on the floor, do incredible moves, things like that. Now, of course, obviously they have to train. They have to train themselves as well. But I think there's a natural, there are people who are just naturally born dancers and with training they can become great dancers. You have people that are mediocre dancers and with training can become pretty good dancers. And then there are people like me who I love to dance. And I'm bad enough at dancing that when I go out, I'm bad enough at dancing that it's almost charming. Like I can keep a rhythm. And people go, wow, he's terrible at dancing. But there's something charming that he's actually just trying. And you can tell I'm having fun. So, yeah, that's charming. He's terrible. He's a horrible dancer, but he looks like he's having fun. That's nice. That's nice. Say, say something nice for the boy over there in the bar doing my moves. Doing my moves. Because I got a baby brain and a baby body. I got a baby brain and an adult body that I don't know how to use this body to its full potential. So we look around for proof of reincarnation by finding kids that are like, My wife died in 1909. I shot her in the head. And they're like, What'd you say, Billy? 
He's realizing he confessed to a crime that's over 100 years old. But we look for proof in reincarnation with like kids saying stuff or people being hypnotized and things like that. But it might actually just be something more basic than that. Someone who's lived multiple lifetimes would know they their spirit would hop in a baby and be like, let's do this. I'm ready to go. They're like cracking their knuckles and stuff like that. Because they've piloted a human body so many times before. Whereas someone who is new to the scene, they're like, oh, what? I got a butthole? Like, what comes out of this? Oh, no, that's horrible. Like, these don't... It's all new experiences to them. Or newer. If you've only reincarnated two or three times, it would st- you'd still be getting used to the whole thing. So, that is my hot take episode. I'll look that up. I'll look up what the definition of hot take means before I title it. If the title of the episode is not hot take, that means that I don't know what I'm talking about. That I think of the wrong thing. I think a hot take is just a thing where you just like say stuff off the top of your head. I don't know. But that being said, I hope you guys had fun with today's episode. We're moving back to our normal schedule tomorrow. And then next week we'll have five episodes a week. We're back at home making moves, doing stuff. And also, guys, thanks for promoting the show as well. We're just seeing a huge amount of listeners joining in. So... Everything will be back to normal tomorrow. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.